We're staying with our good friends, the Whitleys, and uh, I got this call at 7 o'clock this morning from across the house, and uh, my phone's ringing, and I still wonder where I am, and uh, I answered the phone, and he goes, Tim, this is Mike. I'm across the house. I need to see you. And it was like a voice from God, you know? <laughs> and so I, uh, I got up, got dressed, and uh, Mike filled me in uh, about Cody, and and uh, so we are definitely praying that, uh, boy, he, he mends fast. That vertigo is really a battle sometimes. And uh, anyway, just to give you a little quick background, um, we're living in Colorado. Um, my wife, Paula, is here with me. Um, my daughter, Michelle, is a worship leader at Vineyard North and has been there for several years. Um, we have... Uh, I've been involved in, in the vineyard movement uh, since about 1980, uh, primarily as a, as a worship pastor. And through those years, uh, we have traveled also around the country helping to plant churches. We have uh, Maryland, Virginia, Colorado, obviously, Florida, um, and Missouri. <laughs> Whew. I'm an emotional guy, so, <clears throat> and the reason is we helped plant, how to start this one um, a few years ago. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay, that's over with. But I have a heart for this church, obviously, and, um, and to be a part of um, the discussions when this church first started was, uh, was really one of the highlights of our life. And uh, the people that we've met, people we connected with. And uh, so we have a, a special love, and it's just an honor, anyway, to be here. So, moving on. <laughs> the message this morning that uh, I feel the Lord has, has given me, and, you know, when Mike told me this this morning, I, you know, there was, there's nothing in my iPad that says emergency sermons. <laughs> so, um, so, anyway... Uh, I had preached one not too long ago at our home church, and uh, and Lord just seemed to highlight it uh, this morning, and and so I really believe that this is a word that that He has to to speak to this body, to this community this morning. So, Father, I ask for you to come right now, and I know your presence is here. We ask God, Holy Spirit, just to come and give me the words to speak this morning, and uh, let it be your words, let it be your truth, and let it be. Words that just start a fire in our hearts this morning for more of your kingdom. And to truly understand the battle that we face, but Lord, that the victory that is truly ours. So we ask you to come now, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, the focus of the message this morning that I feel God has highlighted for me to, to share is, what does it truly mean to be in the world but not of it? And, and really the title I would give it is, how do we live a godly life in a hostile world? How do we run our, this race that we're in toward our eternal home without getting lost, without getting confused, with, without uh, losing the battle, without giving up hope? Um, how do we... How do we win this fight? So if you turn to me, with me to John, the 17th chapter, 
And we're going to look at verses 6 through 19. So this passage here that we're going to look at this morning from John's Gospel basically comes from the prayer that Jesus prayed over his disciples. And then he, did this, he prayed this prayer over them, and it was the last evening before his death. We've just gone through the Easter uh, season, and uh, so we're kind of flashing back now basically to the garden. And it's virtually the last thing that, that Jesus did before his arrest in the garden. And it's a prayer that for those who had become followers of Jesus during his ministry, but I really believe it extends to all of us as well. It's a prayer for all those that would soon become followers, that would come after the disciples, and that includes us. All of us are included in this prayer that we're going to look at this morning. We are, in the words of this prayer, those whom the Father has given to Jesus. And think about that for a minute. We are the ones that the Father has given to the Lord Jesus. We are the ones who Jesus has asked his Father to protect. We are the ones that Jesus has asked his Father to consecrate. To consecrate. These, are the, these prayers of Jesus, this prayer particularly, that we're going to look at are for us. And what's more, we can depend on the fact that Jesus never stops praying for us. The word is clear that he is at the, he's on the throne interceding for those that he loves day and night. 24-7, Jesus interceding on our behalf. So let's look at John 17. This is 6 through 19. And it says this. I've revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world, and they were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you've given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them, and I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me. For they're yours. All I have is yours, and you, all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they, that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them. I kept them safe by the name you gave me. None have been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. And then later it says, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. 
The word world that's used so often in the New Testament comes from the Greek word cosmos. And cosmos is basically refers to the inhabited earth. It's the world that functions apart from the Lord. And the Bible tells us that Satan is the ruler of the cosmos, that he is the ruler of the world. So by definition, the word world is referring to a world system that is ruled or it's governed by the evil one, by Satan. And that's why Jesus prayed this prayer. He said, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. So here Jesus is preparing his disciples for their life in the world without him. He, he's praying for them, and he's assuring them that they will be protected and they will never be abandoned. And the same promises for each one of us, that God will never leave us or forsake us, that we are protected and he will never leave us abandoned in this world that we, that we sometimes face, this evil world that we sometimes face. But the uniqueness of this prayer is that the disciples, though they're living in the world, represent another world. And so do we. We represent the kingdom of God. When Jesus says we are no longer in the world, he's saying that we no longer have to be ruled by sin. We no longer have to be bound by the principles of this world. And so our interest in the things of this world should becoming less and less while our focus begins to shift more and more to the important things of God's kingdom. So though we live in this world, though we're physically present in this world, we're not of it. We're no longer to be part of its values. We, we are to be set apart, and we have been set apart. We're called to live a holy and a righteous life. By the power of God. Romans 12.2 says, don't conform to the pattern of this world. We're not to be part of this world because Jesus isn't. If we are truly in Christ, then our citizenship is in heaven. Which means we are of heaven. We're not of the earth. And so the Lord wants us to influence the world, but not the world to influence us. We're to be world changers, amen? Amen. And we do it under the power and the unction and the authority that we've been given from Jesus. That we're, the Lord wants us to influence the world. We're not to be immersed into the world system. In other words, we're not to become like the world. We're to represent something totally different. And Jesus wants us to go into the world, but he doesn't want that world to get into us. And so often we let it, don't we? And I thought of an illustration, and it's an illustration of a, of a submarine. And a submarine cannot fulfill its, pur- its purpose and its design if it's out of the water. It has to be in the water. It's not as efficient if it st- just stays on the surface. It's got to be submerged into the ocean before it can truly be effective. A sub is designed to operate in a dangerous environment. It's created to operate in that dangerous environment. 
And so even though the sub is surrounded by water, the water can't get inside because it's insulated and it's been made strong enough to withstand the pressures from the outside. The submarine has been prepared for the water before it ever went into the sea. It had to have all the possible areas that it could leak, that it, it, it that, that, that water, that hostile environment might seep in. It had to be protected. It had to be covered. It had to be constantly checked for making sure that all the systems were in place and functioning correctly before it could truly be launched into this environment. And in the same way, we've been prepared for the world. That we're to be insulated from the world, but not isolated from it. We just can't be surface Christians. We don't operate very well on the surface. We only operate when we're submerged in the power of God and then launched into the world. Because if we're just surface Christians, the storms of this life, the, the worldly currents that come against us will slow us down and can even capsize us. It can alter our course, the course that God has set before us. So we need to dive deep into God's purpose for us. We need to understand what his true calling is for each one of our lives. Why have we been created? Why has he called us to himself? And what are we to do to glorify our king? We're to surround ourselves with his word. We're to surround ourselves with the promises that he has given us. Because it's those, that word, it's those promises that make us strong enough to withstand that constant pressure that we all get from the world that's trying to break in and destroy our faith. And it's like, again, that submarine analogy, there's always a destroyer that's trying to follow the submarine, right? And trying to... to throw these, uh, these explosives over, these depth charges over to try to, to try to sink it. We have a destroyer that's always trying to follow us too. And sometimes he uses the world to try to destroy us. It's the worldly, I call it spiritual depth charges. Because we have these, the world around us that kind of hurls insults and hurls accusations and hate and condemnation and, and judgment. And they're just like these depth charges trying to sink our faith. And they're going on all around us, and sometimes we can be rocked. But we've been made strong enough to withstand the enemy's death charges. We've been made strong enough to withstand the, the pressures of the world. So we're under constant bombardment from the world that's trying to cause our faith to explode. We're in constant bombardment by the enemy. And there's Christians every day that are being ridiculed and laughed at, hated, attacked, punished, and, and sometimes pushed into compromising situations. Have we ever, anybody ever experienced that? They, they laugh at you because you say you're a Christian. You know, they make fun of you. They condemn you. They, they try to, to destroy your faith by, by just ridiculing and we know in the world there's, there's, there's far worse things that are happening to Christians that proclaim their faith and stand up for Jesus. They're being, they're being killed, you know. And so 
So we have this constant bombardment coming against us, this, this constant attack. But yet, we have been made, we have been given the power to stand strong in our faith and to shine the light of Jesus by, by living out the kingdom values that he's placed within us. And we do that by doing good deeds for others, by loving those that Jesus loves, by praying for the sick, by, by just loving the prisoner, by those that are left, left fortunate, just bringing the love of Christ wherever we go, shining his light. First Peter says, Live such good lives among the pagans that they, though, they, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God. So they may accuse us. They may, they may say all these harmful and hurtful things to us, but if we stand up and just show them the love of Christ, they're going to experience Jesus in a, it just, in, in a way that can possibly change their life and change their hearts. And we've seen that. We've, we've, I've been in, in actually in the prison here and in other places around where we just love on people because Jesus loves them. And, and their lives change. They want to be different. They, their, their hearts begin to, to soften. And, and you just see the power of the love of God just flow over them and, and totally transform their life, transform their marriage, transform their family, transform everything that they enter into because now they, they've new creatures in Christ. And they have a love and they've experienced a love that maybe they've never experienced before. And so there's this battle going on. And so Jesus prays for our protection here. And, and, and it, our mission and our faith are going to be tested. We're going to be tested. Those depth charges are going to be thrown at us. And we will not always be accepted by the world that we live in. Sometimes it's our neighbors. Sometimes it's our coworkers. You know, it's even our friends and family can sometimes ridicule us and turn against us. But we stand strong in our faith and show them that our faith is greater than any condemnation. That the love of Jesus can break through any wall, any barrier, any defense that they may put up. Jesus is stronger. Amen? Jesus was even rejected by the very ones he came to save, right? John 15, if you would turn to that, we're going to look at verses 18 through 22, and then again 24 through 25. John 15, 18 through 22, and then 24 through 25. And it says this, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you don't belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. And this is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you? A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they'll persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you in this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. 
If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But as it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law, that they hated me without reason. So as we set out on our mission, we need to be prepared ahead of time to, to just like the submarine, to seal off all the possible areas where the world or the enemy can, can seep in, where sin can find a way to infiltrate into our life. And that's where the importance of discipleship comes into play. That's why it's so important to be part of a discipling church like this one. A church that trains up and raises disciples and and equips the saints to do the works of the kingdom. It's important to be part of a body and a community that embraces that and trains and releases and deploys into the world those that are equipped to bring the power and the love of the kingdom of God. Jesus spent three years training this crew of disciples to, to, to go into the world. He, he taught them, he demonstrated for them, and then he commissioned them to do the work that they'd been called to do. And so our role as a church is to make disciples that are well-trained, that are equipped, that are disciplined, and that are eager to carry out the mission that God has set before us. The role of the, of the church, of this church, is to make disciples that will go into the world and carry out the mission that we've been given, to go into the world, proclaim the good news, and to demonstrate that the kingdom of God is here. So it's a tremendous challenge that we've all been given. And sometimes it's easier to give in to the ways of the world or surrender to the culture that's around us to begin to compromise our values, and we've all done that from time to time. You know, we have all at times began to look and talk and act like everyone around us instead of looking and talking and acting like Jesus. We sometimes can compromise our heavenly values and trade them in for earthly ones. And the other temptation that we sometimes face is to just withdraw completely. And I've seen a lot of that, that, that maybe it's just easier just to, just to ignore the world, to go live on a mountaintop like a monk and, and just keep the world at arm's length and just not be bothered by, by anything. And But Scripture is really clear. It says, how can we be a light if we hide it under a basket? Or how can we be salt if we've lost our saltiness? How can we truly change the world if we're not in the world? If we're not making the difference and shining the light of, of Jesus? Withdrawing from the world and withdrawing from the people that are in it does nothing promote the truth of the gospel. We're to be in the world. We're sent into the world by the Lord. We're just not to be like it. And so we all have opportunities every day to actively do good for the people around us. 
to actively show the love of Jesus wherever we go, whether it's in the workplace, in our families, in our communities, wherever it might be. We all have the opportunities to, to bless people with acts of kindness, to offer practical and spiritual and emotional support to those that are hurting and that are in need of, of just being loved by Jesus. We're to be active in the world and not separate ourselves from it. Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So we're to shine our light. We're to leave the light on wherever we go, okay? I don't care if you go in, wherever you go, turn the light on. Leave it on. And sometimes we just turn that light off, don't we? We go into places and go, well, okay, yeah, I'm a Christian, but nobody's going to know it, <laughs> okay? And, and so, we, so we change our language. We, ch- we change the way, sometimes we even change the way we act. We we don't talk about the things of Jesus. We start talking about the things of the world. We don't start sharing that, that, hey, Jesus loves you. Jesus can make a difference in your life. Jesus can heal you if we hear of something going on. But there's one thing about leaving the light on. It attracts bugs. <laughs> right? So we leave our light on and we're changing the world. But those little bugs that the enemy likes to come and, and start to bite us. And we say, well, if I just turn off the light, they'll stop biting. Well, that's not true. We have a repellent against those bugs. It's called the Holy Spirit. And if we saturate ourselves in the Word of God, if we saturate ourselves in the Holy Spirit, those bugs will have no effect. And we just go, boop, gone. And we continue to leave our light on. That's why we're in the world. To make a difference. We're not to hide from sinners. We're to be the light in the midst of them. So we've been given everything we need to, to survive and be, to be successful disciples in this world that we're called to live in. In this hostile world that we're called to live in. And I'm going to give you four things right here that we've been given to to help us navigate through this hostile world. The first one is we've been given weapons that are not of this world. Corinthians 10.4 said, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are not fleshly. They are not worldly. But they are mighty. They have divine power into the pulling down of strongholds. So we have weapons that are not of this world. The second one is we have power that is not of this world. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Word of God. We have prayer. We have the blood of Jesus. Greater is he who lives in me than he that is in the world. We have a greater power. We just need to walk in that power. We need to understand that power that is with us day in and day out, that we can tap into that power wherever we are, And whatever we're doing, we just call upon the name of Jesus and lives will be changed. Lives will be healed. Lives will be restored. So we have power. And Luke 10 says, Behold, I have not given you authority. I mean, 
I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. All, not some, all of the power of the enemy. We need to walk in that by faith. And then it goes on to say, and nothing shall hurt you. Those little bugs aren't going to hurt you. (laughs) So we have weapons, we have power. The third is we have peace. That is not of this world. Jesus is the prince of peace. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. So let not your heart be troubled, and neither let it be afraid. We don't need to walk in fear if we're walking in the peace of Christ. Nothing should really truly upset us and, and, and cause us to be fearful because we have the peace of God that surrounds us wherever we go. Just like we have his power, we have his peace. And again in Isaiah it says, this is 26.3, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And that's the key to walking in peace is trusting Jesus. Trusting him that he loves us that he'll never leave us or forsake us, trusting the fact that he has given us the power and authority to trample scorpions and demons and swat off those little bugs. But we have to trust in his power. And then the last thing is this, we have a home that is not of this world. And so we're to keep our eyes on heaven because this world isn't our home, guys. We're here temporarily. Temporarily, We're ambassadors in this world that we live in. But our focus and our eyes are to be on our future home with Jesus. Where we're worshiping and just surrounded with the angels of heaven and we're at his throne and, and just enjoying the presence of God in just this, in this new way, in this in this way that we've truly been created for. Philippians 3.20 says this, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. And he does it by the power that enables him even to, to subject all things to himself. So we're looking forward to our citizenship in heaven. We're here on earth. We have a temporary citizenship, but our our real citizenship is with him. And we, while we're waiting for that to happen, we're to be doing the works of the kingdom here and now, demonstrating the kingdom so that other people can receive the promise of that future kingdom. Amen? And it comes through us. So the weapons we've been given, they work and they win. I want to say that again. The weapons that we have been given by God through Jesus Christ are weapons that work and they're weapons that win. We need to walk in that reality. 
They're powerful. They destroy strongholds. They overthrow evil. They break off shackles off people that are bound. They set men free, and they, they sink the enemy and disrupt all of his plans. Isaiah fifty four seventeen. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. Again, no weapon fashioned against you shall succeed. And you shall refute every tongue that rises up against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication from me declares the Lord. This is your heritage. This is our heritage, that we have victory in Christ. And so just like the disciples, we have been sent into the world to bring light into the darkness. We've been sent into the world to be the city that's set up on a hill to glorify the name of Jesus by our good works, by our example, by our love, and by the power of his name. Being not of the world means that we have a higher calling. Being not of this world means that we have a higher purpose. Being not of this world means that we have a heavenly destination that we're all looking forward to. Amen? Let's stand. Well, Father, I just thank you for your word. I I just pray that what you wanted to say this morning came across, Father, that it would be an encouragement that it would oh, just build our faith, God, that we don't need to be afraid. That though that destroyer comes to try to seek and, and destroy us, he can't because you're more powerful. And Christ is in us. And so we've been equipped to go into this world and to make a difference and to walk in the power and the authority that we've been given, that we need not be afraid, God. And so, Father, this morning as we, as we go into this last worship song, I just want to, the Lord, I've, I felt, gave me two things to speak over you guys or to, to maybe have a, have a ministry time. And that there, I just felt the Lord say that there's been some here that truly have been been bombarded by the world that have been discouraged that that the that the world has has made them weary and tired and you just you're just tired of the battle and you, and you, and you feel like that you're sinking and you're dealing with with maybe just discouragement and just like I said just that lack of strength and so if that's you, I'd like you to, to come up to the front and receive some prayer this morning as we go into this worship song. And, I'm, and I know there's, there's a prayer team here, ministry team here, that would love to, to pray with you. But, but if that's you, if you've truly been discouraged and just tired of just trying or, or just worn out from, from just the world pressing in and the pressures of the world, where even to the point where you want to give up, God says, I'm here to give you my strength this morning. I'm, I'm here to encourage you that, that, that I am with you wherever you go. And whatever you need, I will equip you with it. And then the second thing is that there's just some here that want to be better equipped. That they just feel like, I'm, I, I, just, I don't feel like I know the word uh, 
enough or I, or I just, I don't feel like I'm ready or whatever it is. But I want you to know that if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, that he's given you everything you need to carry out the mission that he's called you to. And so if you want to be equipped by the Holy Spirit this morning, I just invite you to come forward and let's pray for you. Let's pray for the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit to come upon you and just ignite the gifts that God has already given you. So as we go into this worship song, and if there's a ministry team available, and if that has touched any of you or for any other prayer needs, please come forward this morning.